Retirement is often seen as a destination, but we believe it's an opportunity to pursue your passions, realize your dreams, and live a purposeful life. Great decisions, incredible lives. Retire with Intention podcast is about more than just money. It's about embracing the things that truly matter, the experiences, the relationships, and the impact you leave behind. Here is your host, John Creekmer. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Great Decisions, Incredible Lives, Retiring with Intention. I'm John Creekmer, and so thankful to have you with us again for another episode in uh, which we really talk about living an incredible life and how that really applies to every single stage of life, the stage you're in now, and also the future stage that a lot of times folks call retirement. That's the phrase that we use and people use because they have an idea what that means to them. But the reality is it's just that next stage of life and trying to get to that point of making great decisions where you can live your definition of an incredible life. And every week we love to have uh, different friends of our firm and different friends of mine in uh, just to walk through the entire topic and how you can get to great decisions. And today, so excited to introduce you to a friend of our firm, Justin uh, Fitzpatrick from Income Lab. And uh, Justin, I'm so thankful to have you here today and uh, looking forward to our conversation. And this has been a, um, a guest I've been wanting to have on, quite honestly, since we actually started the podcast, simply because Justin and his company, they have impacted the way that I have thought about retirement, retirement planning, income planning, right down at the roots of it and the foundation of it. And it's impacted the way I've considered income planning. And, you know, it's interesting, Justin, we just had a new report and research come out from Cerulean Associates. And the number one fear of retirees and pre-retirees, those heading into that stage, is still the fear of outliving their income. And we see that so many retirees and folks heading to retirement, they walk into a blind. They don't have knowledge to know, are they okay? Are they not okay? And it puts them in a tough spot. And you guys have, uh, in your company, adjusted through your research and your years of experience, have put together some phenomenal tools based upon that to help people make wise decisions. And, you know, Justin is a co-founder of Income Lab, brings over 15 years of experience in financial services, where he has led teams in advanced financial planning and portfolio strategy, developed financial technology tools and executed market entry strategies. Seven-year academic background includes teaching at prestigious institutions like MIT, Harvard, Queen Mary, and UCLA. As a dedicated teacher and advocate for financial planning innovation, Justin's expertise is well recognized through his contributions to industry publications. He holds a BA from the University of Michigan, and we will not hold that against him being from Illinois, and a PhD from MIT, both a chartered financial analyst and a chartholder and a certified financial planner professional. And Justin, I'm so excited for our conversation today. Well, thanks a lot for having me, John. I'm I'm looking forward to it as well. You know, I hadn't told you I am. I had a conversation last week with my mom, and uh, my mom is 78 years old, and my father passed away a number of years ago. And so I was talking with her just about her finances and her uh, dollar amounts that she and my dad had set aside and their retirement accounts and the income that she needs to maintain the lifestyle where she's at right now. And uh, she's had some health issues, so she has some medical things we're working through from a cost standpoint. And she had just a tremendous fear, if you will, of actually losing money and running out of money. And what happens if, and that's the big question, right? And so I was able to walk her through using the tools that you all have created and it's really helped us grow in confidence and working with a personal situation 
and help my mom with understanding that she's going to be okay. And uh, that whenever things happen, let's make sure that we, we model things properly and let's make sure that we change the conversation. Hey, Justin, over the years, have you, with the Income Lab, with the tools, the tools you all have created and the technology you've created, have you heard similar stories from other advisors out there as far as on, on how they're navigating things, conversations with their clients and their family members? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And that's, I mean, one of the most gratifying things about this. I mean, really the, we, we built the, the software, the tools for exactly that purpose. We found that kind of if the, the, the best ideas, the best analytics could be brought to bear in, you know, real people's lives. Uh, we found every time we, we sort of take maybe a crude assumption or a, a shortcut and we do it, you know, closer to how people really live their lives, retirees win. It really, it was amazing to see that. And I think one of the, one of the key pieces is exactly addressing that kind of fear and anxiety that, that you were just talking about. Because, you know, if, if, if things are kind of unknown, we tend to, uh, you know, fill in the gaps ourselves, and and often we're with with kind of catastrophic thinking, right? Sure. I mean, you say uh, so. One way that, that you know retirement is sometimes framed is as if it's pass fail. You know, you'll either uh, you know do exactly what you planned to do, or you'll run out of money, and then I mean, that. That does sound really bad, and that's that's the kind of thing that um, you know, you can easily let your mind uh, go go create your imagination, run wild uh, on what that could look like. But the research is really clear; that's not actually what what happens in, in the vast majority of cases. Um, instead, just like in your you know your working years, uh, as things change, as your as your situation changes, you make adjustments. Maybe that means you start making more money. Well. Often people will spend more when they make more money. Maybe something does, you know, a financial uh, difficulty, you run into financial difficulties, you lose a job, something like that. Well, it's very natural to to tighten the belt uh, a, a bit there. What's different in retirement is there's that unknown of, you know, when I'm in my working years, I know kind of how much I can spend, just sort of live within my means, right? But in retirement, it's not clear what you're what, how much you should be spending and when you should adjust that and so on. So being able to help people understand that retirement is a, is a journey, kind of like going out on a road trip or something. You may not end up taking exactly the path you thought you would, but there might be detours and stops and things along the way. Some you like, some you don't, but you're going to be okay. You know, as long as you kind of have a, a, a guide and you're making good decisions along the way, it's not going to be you know, pass fail. Yeah, I love how you said that as far as that retirement's kind of like a journey. And I mentioned before, I think in the conversation, I don't really like that word retirement. Um, it seems to be almost like a destination point. Have you noticed the change in people's thinking or in the conversations surrounding retirement as an endpoint versus a journey over the last couple of years? Or what have you seen? I think there's a lot of people who are we're searching for a way to talk about it more accurately. Because I I'm you do I, I don't like treating retirement as a as a destination for a couple of reasons. One is I think in, in the years before quote unquote retirement, I don't want people to think, well, that's the whole point. But the other is that that's just, you know, quote unquote retirement, that point in time where maybe you uh, stop working or work less. Uh, that's just one point in time, but really kind of like, you know, your, your journey, a road trip, it doesn't stop when you leave the driveway, right? That's actually just the beginning. And so really it's the whole journey and kind of how can I live my best retirement, my best journey, given my resources, given my personality and preferences and given the world I happen to be living through, right? Uh, and so there's not, it's, it's, it's really all about like given, given the hand I'm dealt, how can I, how can I do it the, the best way possible? You know, it's so interesting to see how that's changed. And I think it's been a growing 
a growing really voice as far as in this entire area to change the perspective because we're seeing people, whatever they get to there, whatever their date is, and for all of them, it's different. Uh, the old rules of thumb, they're recognizing are not sufficient. And so going and simply relying upon a 4% withdrawal rate or a 2.3% withdrawal rate, whenever the markets are down or whatever it may be, that that is so inadequate for people with their planning on their stages of life. And even thinking about, boy, whenever I'm retiring or I'm stopping working for a living and instead I rely upon my assets, you know, I'm young and healthy for that first phase of that. I'm going to spend more money because I'm actually doing the things I really wanted to do, I hope to do, I dream to do. I'm taking the kids on activities. But as I go through life, that income need may be different. We need to have a tool that's more dynamic. And I I even think this with the industry recognition as far as with what you have put together. I mean, T3 has rated you guys very high. It's one of the T3 conference. Uh, XYPN gives you guys the best in show. The accolades go on and on. I think it's because you guys get it as far as on how people are viewing that next stage of life that we call retirement. And so when I think about that software, can you walk us through a little bit about the core idea behind your company's features and the software you developed? And even the philosophy behind why you developed the way you did. Yeah, definitely. I, I think that the core is recognizing that a retirement is a journey and that there's always this question of how much can I spend? What would make it prudent to change that? And if I did change it, how much would I have to adjust? And so I'll take the first part first, which is the how much can I spend? That's really the main difference financially between kind of pre-retirement and in retirement. And I, you know, if we could find a better word for it, I would use it. But it's, you know, if my wife and I sit down to to look at our budget or something, we don't have to talk at all about how how much we could possibly spend. We're just going to try to keep it within our earnings. Mm. And so that one side of the ledger, that's already there. We just we don't even have to have discussion about it. Whereas What's different in retirement is now you, it's not always clear how much you can spend. You can't say, well, how much do I make? Mm. Right. And so, because you've got all these different things, you got social security, maybe pensions, maybe rental income, certainly portfolio withdrawals are possible. And like you said, it's very uncommon for someone to be able to apply a rule of thumb, like take 4% of your, your account balance. I, I, I almost never see that because of what you just said. Uh, things like, well, maybe I'll spend more when I'm younger and less. You know, as I kind of maybe prefer to not take as many long vacations or, you know, I slow down on certain activities, things like that. Maybe it's because I'm delaying Social Security. So I'm going to have to fund my lifestyle more from portfolio withdrawals before maybe age 70. Um, and, and so those those rules of thumb, um, they work as far as you push them, which is just as kind of a, you know, okay, understanding that you can't, you know, take too much from your portfolio, but you can't apply it to an individual situation. Everybody, all the situations are so different. People have different sorts of risks that they have to manage, whether that's portfolio risk, longevity risk, inflation risk, you know, or somebody who has a lot of pension income that's not adjusted for inflation has a lot of inflation risk. Somebody else might not. So it's got to be customized to your situation. And by the way, that customization, again, it doesn't stop at that point you call retirement. Every day, every month is the beginning of the, the rest of it. So you, you kind of just get to keep things up to date so that you know, hey, do I need to adjust or not? And our philosophy is most people prefer to keep doing what they're doing. So it's, so the default is try to keep your spending, you know, your spending capacity about where it is. And then if there's a, a real need to make a change, the, the advisor who's using the software will, will let you know. You know, I love how you actually brought that right back to uh, just that core principles that every single 
income plan is unique to every single individual. And they have their own unique core values. They have their own goal objectives based upon those core values. They have their own, they have their different asset levels and financial background. And because of that, the solution that we have to walk them through is unique based upon that situation. And then that lays into their fears, which is about running out of money. And I know I've heard you speak a couple of times really about this adjustment-based income planning, which we had you just walked us through that in practical ways. And you've mentioned previously that retirees rarely run out of money. Can you explain how this approach is different from traditional probability-based planning? So probability-based planning is saying, hey, you have an 80% chance of being successful. You have a 30% chance of being successful. So how how is that different as far as with the way that you all view things? I think it's there's at least two things there. One is when you frame things as success and failure, you're saying, hey, if if you keep doing what you're doing and make no adjustments, here's the chances that you'll run out of money. Now that's just not how people live, right? So so that piece of that piece of data isn't really all that helpful because people won't keep doing what they're doing and run out of money. Instead, what we see in the data is that people do adjust. Our ability to adjust is often greater than than we might think ahead of time, and that is a superpower of of retirees because retirement and funding your lifestyle is not it's not like a you know highly leveraged hedge fund or, or one of these things that makes you know spectacular headline news when it implodes in those situations a short term change in say get you know, out prices asset prices really can bring a business down uh, if they if they have you know if they're leveraged that's not really what happens with retirees with, with retirees you, you gotta you know put gas in the car you gotta pay your insurance you gotta get groceries you get it, it maybe okay take the vacation do the each one of those little expenses liabilities is relatively small compared to the whole thing of decades of, of spending and you can always adjust especially some of those future goals but you, you know you could say you know what things are looking a little tougher let's you know go to the brew pub instead of the steakhouse Right. Or let's, and maybe next year, you know, that trip to Europe, you know, what, we're going to keep it domestic. Those are changes. And obviously we'd prefer it go the other way, but those are changes that's, that's not catastrophe and they can have a big effect on kind of the risk level of a plan and kind of keep you on track. Now you just use a phrase that I want to say most of our listeners have never thought of. You use the phrase spending capacity. And so you kind of walk through an example. Can you delve a little bit deeper in helping us with framing that definition of what does spending capacity mean? And how is that different than the way people traditionally viewed spending? Well, I think there's a couple of reasons we've landed on that. One is um, it's a lot like in your working years. When, I, when I've talked about my wife and I, we, we sort of say, okay, well, what are our wages? Okay, the total well, we should spend within our needs, right? So that's sort of our, our means. We should save some money too, right? So like just kind of live within your means. And that's different than saying, uh, and that answers the question kind of what what can I spend versus saying, well, I want to spend this. Can I do it or not? Uh, in fact, the reason we landed on that is when we we're building the software to begin with, we asked advisors, say, hey, what's a typical you know conversation? Maybe it's a new relationship. Walk us through some of the questions. And we had a few advisors say, you know, I used to ask, well, if it's a retirement, you know, situation where we're planning for retirement, how much do you need? And I often would just get the question back saying, well, what can I have? But how much do you need? Well, well how much can I have? Right. Because I, I really, that's why I'm coming to an advisor, put together all my resources and give me, you know, a feel for what I can spend. The interesting thing is there's no one answer to that. There, it's more a range. And you may find that you know, you have enough resources and compared to that, you actually live a relatively modest life compared to those resources. Well, that's fine. 
So spend less and that'll just mean that bad news will be less likely. Or you might say, Young, I want to live a little. I, I'm going to spend more. I get it, John. It, you you may call me and tell me to, to tap the brake a little bit. That's fine with me because I, I get to live a little bit now. So there's really like a personality and a, and a you know, kind of a risk tolerance that comes into that decision, which is again, why you don't want to just apply rules of thumb. It's, it really needs to be custom. Yeah, yeah for sure. Now you talked about that, you know, spending capacities and guardrails, which uh, quite honestly, for all of our listeners, I mean, that phrase and that concept, that has helped, I'm going to say, we're pushing thousands of conversations now just with that concept on a personal, customized, individual standpoint, that has started to shape the way people view where they're at as far as in their 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 readiness for the lifestyle they want to live at that next stage in retirement. And so that whole concept has shifted it. Now, we talked about as it relates to that capacity, you know, still wanting to have that outcome be there. And so whenever we look at it, there's different threats to that outcome. I'm actually working on a title of a new book. Um, and there's things that I come up with in my mind. My title is The Four Horsemen of the Coming Retirement Apocalypse. And uh, I talk about risk, I talk about taxes, inflation, and then the threat as far as medical costs. I thought, what a brilliant idea. Now, for some reason, my wife, Stacy says, John, that's too dark. And so <laughs> <laughs> don't be waiting for it to come out. But it does bring to the point of the risk that we see inside portfolios. And you have this retirement stress tool. Um, can you walk through that retirement stress tool and describe it to everybody? And how has that been useful in the entire discussion of that spending capacity? Yeah. When you understand that retirement is going to be a journey with, uh, you know, potentially some, some detours, uh, things might, you know, it might get there faster than expected, might get there slower than expected. Then the next question is, okay, well, what's the range of experiences? What could this journey look like? Like really sketch out for me, you know, how good could it get? How bad could it get? That kind of thing. Right. Because like you said, there's there's always guardrails. So you always know month by month, okay, how much of a change in my portfolio would there have to be for me to get a pay raise or a pay cut, that kind of thing. But that's really that's short term, which is important. It's it's really good to know what what is kind of coming around the next bend. But then you want to know what's a longer experience look like. And and let's face it, most people are more concerned about the downside. And so we we allow people to take their actual plan, the actual resources they have in it, and everything that's unique to it, all the idiosyncrasies, and run it through historical scenarios that were tough, like the global financial crisis or 1970s stagflation or the dot-com bubble, and run it all the way as long as either as long as the plan is or through today. So you can really see, it's not that the future is going to repeat the past, right? But we do have a range of things that we can relate to. We know how bad they were. And it would be nice to know how would, you know, if I if I were, you know, plop me in a time machine and put me back there, how would I have reacted to these situations? And that can really go a long way to helping people understand that choice about should I, can I, am I the sort of person who could spend more and and, and take my lumps if they come? Or am I the kind of person who really would prefer not to? You can put it through the global financial crisis to see, oh, in this case, I wouldn't have had a pay cut at all. Or in this one, I would have had to trim my spending by $1,000 or $2,000 a month. Which would I have preferred? Um, or 70 stagflation really see is my plan really, does it is inflation a big deal for me? Or actually, would I have survived that? That one uh, without a lot of trouble. Um, so really, I think stories are a lot easier to understand for for us humans than and kind of high level statistics. And believe me, I love statistics, but it's just easier to understand when you see something play out 
um, what it would mean for you in your in your real life. Yeah, and I, I tell you, what, we, we we talk about that. Then we have other real things in our real life that we're faced with continuously, such as taxes, and then also how do we claim Social Security? Those are two things that we get asked continuously from people. I think that's so interesting, Justin. Whenever we think about that, then we have you enter risk as far as with different economic periods of time. And there's we have a you have a whole list of different things over the last goodness 150 years that have happened that have been catastrophic in the moment. But to know if you started at the beginning of that negative phase, then how did your income play out? What did that look like for you? Well, we had questions on two other big areas all the time. And I'll be interested to hear your your input as far as on this, and that is how did taxes impact me? And then is there different ways as far as distributions and distribution planning? But then also, when should I claim Social Security? And so when we're looking at those two areas that we have questions on all the time, how should people be viewing those? And then what within your tool helps them in doing that? Yeah, both those questions are um, really good examples of how really in, in this whole picture of how much can I spend and, and my retirement journey, everything is related, which is really uh, <laughs> it's really too bad because we like to kind of isolate things and just talk about one particular decision. But a thing like when to claim Social Security, well, when you do that affects all sorts of things. It affects it if you delay Social Security, you have a little bit more risk uh, in your portfolio because you're you're having to you know uh, fund your lifestyle more with portfolio withdrawals in in your sixties. And again, it might mean higher income longer term. So it's a trade off. If you delay Social Security, your tax situation is different because Social Security has a particular taxation to it. So that's why it's great to have kind of an integrated uh, tool for retirement planning. So we'll help people. S- look at that trade-off in Social Security. Typically, uh, depending on the length of the plan, delaying it does increase what people can spend uh, because delaying Social Security you know, has those delay credits. But that's not always the right decision for someone. Again, no rules of thumb that apply in every case. There are certainly situations, whether it's because of spousal benefits or or longevity concerns where we're taking it earlier does make sense. And then it also interacts with the other question, which was about, okay, maybe I know roughly what I'm going to spend and I know a certain amount of that will come from my portfolio, but should that come from you know IRAs and 401ks? Should it come from taxable accounts, maybe Roth accounts? How should I phase those? And those are extremely complex problems because every time you move another piece of the, the plan, everything changes. So we do help people try to balance kind of a tax efficient withdrawal approach, a tax smart approach with all those other all those other factors and figure out whether you know maybe uh, Roth conversions early in or early in the plan will uh, will help their kind of net uh, income experience later. And we do see that uh, if people have a lot of tax deferred accounts and and they're kind of still early in retirement, uh, we do sometimes see a decent amount of value in that. You know, it's interesting. We've had a case that uh, we were working on here internally, and um, we're looking at a very strong level of asset, uh, both on pre-tax accounts and after-tax accounts. We still had options involved. Uh, we from uh, executive compensation. We had this charitable giving strategies. It was really um, unbelievable how much clarity in walking through the income lab uh, tool and the process with even some of your um, engineers as far as how to model that out. It made for good decisions based upon knowledge. And the client walked away saying, I made a wise decision to help us accomplish our goals because they had the facts before them that they had never seen before. And so it really worked out well. But then they followed up and said, you know, 
we have different economic situations, different economic cycles. Is there a way to consider that or model that within our plan? Um, how would you say to address that? Yeah, there's a there's a couple ways, and that does that is really important. You know, we've mentioned, for example, that that historical stress tests. Well, some of those situations might be more relevant than than others, right? And so and so picking the the scenarios that we think are most relevant to really stress test this. Um, there's even ways in the software to say, well, you know, let's look back at all of history, you know, and pretend we had perfect foresight. What exactly would we have done if we if we knew the future? Well, we can figure that out, right? We have history, and then we can say, okay. Which of those periods are are most like today? Not not exactly like today, right? Will the future be different than the past? Uh, of course it will, right? But uh, but to kind of see, okay, are we in a situation where maybe uh, we want to walk into this a little bit more um, circumspect, a little bit more, give ourselves a little bigger buffer, or is this a situation where really uh, it looks like you could afford to spend a bit more um, because? Times do change, right? Uh, inflation could be high or low. Maybe if you're invested, you know, heavily in in stocks or even a, a decent amount of stocks, maybe valuations are are important to you at that point. And again, all of these things interact. But understanding, being able to put a little context into it uh, and say, hey, you know, we're in an environment right now where all else being equal, you know, maybe we want to spend a little bit less, or we're in an environment right now where actually go ahead and maybe do that extra, extra, um, that extra spend this year. Yeah. Very helpful in making those decisions. And really it's all about a conversation with the client based on it starts with their values. It starts with their goal objectives. And then we start rounding it out as we have more knowledge and uh, it just builds in the conversation, get people to great decisions. When I think about this whole, um, we're just going to call it this stage of life we call retirement. Um, just, I, I, I'm really respectful of your time and thank you for spending time with us today. But in closing, can you, is there anything we've not talked about? Um, that you think folks should take away as far as a key point to consider? I think if there's one thing I would really like to to move the, the kind of national conversation around, you know, the financial side of this stage of life, it's it's really that typically not as scary as you think. We talked a little bit about what risk looks like in retirement and how adjustments and the ability to change um, is really a superpower. And also that you know, if risk is going up for somebody, it, it tends to happen relatively slowly in time to make some adjustments and react. So I think it's, that should feel like a message of hope, a message of really uh, giving people permission to, to go live their lives. Uh, I think that's uh, the biggest impact this, this kind of reframing of retirement accurately, I think, um, can have in people's lives. Yeah, I, I love that. That is so incredible because it's true that once we help people have knowledge, that fear just starts to go away. And it's about helping them understand consequences. And and folks, if you're sitting there walking through, even as far as on your own personal retirement journey and trying to, no matter where you're at in that entire stage, you're in your, you know, your early 40s, all the way through your in your 70s, 80s, wherever you're at on that, it really is beneficial and have that conversation and you walk through a tool just like uh, Justin has created with his team and a phenomenal resource, phenomenal outlet, especially when he's paired with the wisdom of a strong financial trusted advisor. And so I encourage you to definitely hit us up. Um, information as far as Income Lab will be in the show notes. You can find everything there. Justin, thank you so much for spending time with us today. Um, I know, again, it just so blessed me uh, able to hear from you again on retirement planning and income planning specifically and um, and making sure that everything is focused in a different way. So I greatly appreciate the time. And uh, everyone, thank you so much for listening again uh, to Great Decisions, Incredible Lives and uh, how we can live an incredible life 
moving forward by basing upon good decisions based upon fact. And we'll talk to you all again soon. Thank you again for listening to The Great Decisions, Incredible Lives, Retire with Intention podcast with host John Creekmer. Follow us on social media, visit our website, and join our community of like-minded individuals redefining retirement and living incredible lives. Please leave us a review and share our podcast with others who may benefit. We wish you a future filled with purpose, fulfillment, and the joy of living your incredible life in retirement. 